Hello there. You're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host for this segment. Today, we are speaking with Lisa Oswald, owner of K-Chemical. For over 50 years, K-Chemical has been a Cleveland-based family-owned company that manufactures high-quality industrial hand cleaners. The products, including K-Guard hand cleaner, have been praised by mechanics, artists, and other workers for getting out the toughest grease and grime and healing dry, cracked skin. Lisa took ownership of the company in 2012 after her uncle stepped down. Before taking the helm of K-Chemical, Lisa was an instructor at the University of Akron, as well as a clinical audiologist at the Cleveland Clinic Foundation. She received her doctorate in audiology at the University of Akron. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Would you provide our listeners with a highlight reel of K-Chemical's 50-year history? Absolutely. Uh, the, our main product, K-Guard Hand Cleaner, was invented in 1963. Um, Abby Katz was the a prominent businessman in the Cleveland area, and he had a friend who was a chemist, and they just felt like this is something we should invent. And so and the formula was invented in 63. The company, K-Chemical, was founded in 1965, named after Mr. Katz's wife, Kay. Um, and it was just one of several businesses that Mr. Katz owned. Um, pretty much almost immediately, my uncle became involved with Mr. Katz as the bottler distributor, kind of doing the, the work for him. And my uncle became the second owner buying the formula and the patent in 2000. And then, as you mentioned, in 2012, uh, I became the third owner of the company. I um, wanted to keep it in the family and, and keep something that was so established going. So. What has been your experience of taking an entrepreneurial approach with such a well-established manufacturing company? You know, it, it was a blessing and a curse, to be honest. Um, you know, on one hand, you have a company that's 50 years old. It had an established customer base. Um, initially, my uncle thought it was going to cease to exist, so he kind of began began to wind down the operation. Um, and that was when, at the point in time that I stepped up and said, hold on, wait a minute. Um, unfortunately, because of that wind-down process, we did um, lose some of the momentum that, you know, that the company had had. Um, nonetheless, we were still operating in the black, and so... The challenge of it was, you know, this company's been around for 50 years, let's keep doing what we're doing and just try to grow the existing customer base and you kind of get stuck in a mindset of what worked well shouldn't be changed. Um, On the flip side of it, one of the things that we started to realize was, you know, we believe it's more than a hand cleaner and that's really actually where Magnet has um, helped us quite a bit of finding new niches instead of sticking with, you know, not reinventing the wheel, but um, finding more wheels, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Let's talk about that. What process have you undertaken at the Magnet Incubation Center to, uh, to build or innovate new products or services? Well, one of the challenges we had for the last about three years since I've owned the company prior to meeting uh, up with Magnet was, um, again, you mentioned my background was in audiology and business is a, is a, is a 180 from that. Um, and we kind of had a throwing jello at the wall approach of this sounds like it would work and it should work and let's give it a shot. And, you know, we would try to invest limited time and resources, um, to see what happens and hooking up with magnet has allowed us to really take a much more systematic approach to streamline our investment of time and money into knowing whether something is worthwhile in pursuing. Um, so that's been really a big advantage. Uh, you mentioned in a testimonial on uh, the incubator, Incubation Center website that uh, that Magnet has also helped you with uh, issues related to lack of experience and resources and staffing. Absolutely, yes, <laughs> all of the above. Um, again, my background was in audiology, so 
there's always a lot to learn in business for anyone, um, but you know, especially myself. And you know, we are a small family-owned company, and as we are trying to find these niches or attack these different questions, um, you know, sometimes simple legwork to know is this worth really pursuing. It's just a matter of not having the time um, when you're, you know, doing everything from you know invoicing to ordering materials, filling orders, talking to customers, trying to actually meet face to face with people. Um, some of that background work just wasn't getting done. So, you know, Magnet has allowed us to utilize, you know, some of their interns um, and help us to sort of step back and ask ourselves questions before investing any more time or money um, of our own or, or of anyone else's for that matter. Um, so that's been really beneficial. So it seems as if you're moving from uh, the trial and error to uh, process. Absolutely. Uh, Brandon has sort of really taught my husband and I both, um, you know, ask yourself, is it, is it a burning problem? And do you have an answer to it? Can you supply that answer? Um, and who is the decision maker? You know, that was has been one of our big challenges. Sometimes the person who needs it versus the person who decides whether or not the product uh, would be purchased, um, they're not always the same person. And um, there's a lot of challenges associated to that. And so we've been able to, again, step back and, and first of all, is, it, is the problem an important problem? Can we solve it, et cetera? And if the answer is, you know, yes, 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 then let's go down that avenue. If there's a no in there, let's take a step back and, and look at another road. So. Have you had the opportunity to tap into any of uh, Magnet's other partners uh, as, along this process? Uh, it could be education partners. It could be some of the other uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial support organizations. Some of the organizations, we actually hooked up with Magnet through, we're members of the Garfield Heights Chamber of Commerce, one of the um, local um, suburbs to Cleveland. And that was uh, Linda Burita came and gave a presentation at a luncheon. And, you know, I kind of went home that day and I said, this was probably the most worthwhile luncheon I've been to in a while. Um, you know, and, and that's how we started down the path with Magnet. Uh, we've worked with Cozy quite a bit. I actually went through the uh, Cozy strategic planning course. Uh, it's been beneficial. And then a lot of what we do, we've kind of sought out um, mentors, entrepreneurial mentors, um, anyone from somebody my husband met on an airplane um, who has a has a business in in Bedford that he took from you know the basement of a dilapidated building in downtown to an over twenty million dollar company, and he did it in a matter of about ten years. Um, so when we find people like that. Um, Entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs tend to want to help entrepreneurs if they're, you know, that way at heart. Um, so, you know, take a few minutes of their time, meet them for lunch, take them for a cup of coffee, things like that. And that's been also uh, opened a lot of doors, but also um, kind of answered a lot of questions for us as well. As a uh, woman-owned business now, um, can you talk a little bit about, uh, I know you've already talked about uh, your, your audiology background, uh, and and the switch, uh, you know, what um, what have has been your experience in this business? The it is a 180. Um, one of the hardest changes for me um, in mindset, and part of it probably was my personality. But you know, I went from being Dr. Oswald, who was the instructor, or who was the professional in the room that. I had to have the answer. Um, and if I didn't have the answer, I knew very quickly where to find that answer, whether it was another colleague or a textbook, uh, what whatnot. Um, and in moving to business, 
um, letting go of the fact that I don't have to have all of the answers at the moment. You know, how much there is to learn, how much more. Um, again, you have to be constantly learning and, and looking um, and taking the advice of others. And it's okay to not have those answers. So that was a, a serious shift in mindset for me personally. Anything else you've learned along the way? That there's always a way. Um, that's kind of an inside joke amongst our um, amongst our office. My uncle, again, the the second owner of the company, he is the oldest of ten children. My father happens to be the youngest, so um, I come from a long line of uh, K chemical K guard fillers. Um, we, generally, we're a very blue collar family, um, a kind of get it done type family, and. Um, out of the 10, I would say that uncle of mine, who still works side by side with me in the office, um, pretty much on a daily basis, he'll say, at least there's always a way. And, and that's true. Um, you know, sometimes you have to step back and, and think through it. It might not be an ideal way, but you figure it out. Um, use your resources, use your problem solving skills, use the people that you know, and find a way to get it done. What advice would you give other women who entering manufacturing the uh, if entering manufacturing or specifically if you were looking to be your in your own business owner, um, you certainly have to be willing, uh, willing to take on A to Z. Um, oftentimes it's not glamorous. You know, sometimes people think, oh, you're the owner, you're the boss. You know, you're in the office with your feet on your desk and you know counting the piles of gold, and that's about the furthest thing from the truth. Um, the, you know, willing to get your hands dirty, um, literally and figuratively, because uh, quite frankly, A to Z starts and, and ends with me. Now, obviously, I have people helping me um, and we, we delegate. But in order to, I think, be a good leader, you have to first understand every aspect of your business. You have to know how it's done before you can hand it off to someone else um, who may be able to come up with a way to do it better. Um, but you have to have a starting point. And if you don't have an, an intimate understanding of all of the aspects of your business, um, then it's, I, in my opinion, it's not going to go well for you. So whether that means doing invoicing at 2 a.m. on a Saturday night, um, filling samples at midnight on a Wednesday because you have a meeting on Thursday with a potential customer, sometimes that needs to be you. And so you have to have a willingness to make those sacrifices um, in order to, I think, be successful. And it looks like you have to be ready to make that 180-degree turn when yes. the opportunity arises, correct? That, that, yeah, you have to definitely be willing to take a risk, um, which my family laughs because I'm probably historically the, the least risk-taker in the bunch, um, but I've learned. And uh, it's, been, you know, it's been a great journey so far, and, and we're just looking uh, you know, to continue to take K-Chemical to kind of that next level. And what's next for the company? Well, finding those niches um, and, and utilizing that process that, that Magnet has finally so outlined for us so well of, you know, we no longer believe that we only have this great hand cleaner. We've, as a family, have been using it for what I called the off-label um, uses for quite some time. And it was a, a real aha moment for us. And I would say it was about a month and a half or two months ago. Um, I was sitting at the kitchen table and I looked at my husband and I said, what if we don't have a hand cleaner company? Um, not to say that we would abandon our existing customer base and, and our roots, but what if we have a, a fill in the blank, you know, because our, our products are just capable of so much more than, than hand cleaning. Um, and opening our eyes to let's find these niches, 
Let's find these underserved populations. Um, our personal goals are for a lifestyle business. We're not trying to become, you know, the next Procter and Gamble. So it, to be able to find a few niches, I think, would certainly allow us to achieve that, you know, that lifestyle business that we that we're looking to. Thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Today, we are speaking with Mike Dougherty, the founder of Smart Mulch, a startup that reimagines mulch as lightweight compressed tiles that are easy to transport and set in place. As anyone who has hauled the bags around the yard can attest, uh, traditional mulch is heavy, awkward, and messy. Smart Mulch tiles were designed to install in half the time, prevent those weeds, be clean and hassle-free, all in zero-waste packaging. The water-activated tiles are currently in the product development phase. Mike is also the president of the Sounding Board of Directors, an ideation, investment, and business advisory firm that helps entrepreneurs and early-stage organizations advance their business concepts. Before that, he was Senior Vice President of Interest Rate Risk Management Sales at RBS Citizens, a bank based out of Scotland, and he also has held positions at KeyBank and Northwestern Mutual. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. How did you come up with the idea of reinventing mulch? How are you developing the smart mulch product? Sure. So we we actually started on a different product um, several months before thinking about smart mulch, and that was uh, based on the idea of taking curbside tree waste, chipping it and compressing it at a very high level and creating an all natural uh, fire log that would burn three times longer than natural firewood. Um, the, um, the interesting thing about it was we were in the middle of a business accelerator program called Sea Change, which is both in Northeast Ohio and in Columbus. And a few weeks into the program, we started thinking about what are the key activities to create this all-natural fire log? And you're really just sourcing, chipping, and then compressing wood. And so um, when you think about it, if you source wood, chip wood, and stop, you have mulch. People buy mulch. Um, It's not an innovative process. In fact, it's fairly awful when you think about it. you drive to the garden center, move heavy, awkward bags to your car, stack more than will comfortably fit, drive home, put gloves on, load up your wheelbarrow, rip open plastic bags, dump mulch everywhere haphazardly, and spread it by hand or with a rake. Um, again, you think you're done. Uh, the reality is you're not. You still have a ton of plastic bags to throw away. You generally have to vacuum out your car because those bags have ripped uh, and you want to avoid your car smelling. Um, And then you either grab a cocktail and self-medicate your lower back or check for an ibuprofen. I was wondering about those backs. Uh, So what attracted you to the incubation center and how has it helped your company to date? Sure, so we started talking with Brandon and Magnet um, while we were in the other accelerator actually. Um, And again, at that point it was very much just conceptual. so we, after getting out of the Sea Change Accelerator, applied to the Mspire Award, which is uh, an award that Magnet, uh, our pitch competition that Magnet offers. We were one of the grand prize winners. And um, obviously through that, and then through having met Brandon, in addition prior to uh, the Mspire Award, thought it was a great fit. Um, I'm not an engineer, uh, as, you, as you noted. I'm, I'm actually uh, from a finance background or business background. Um, my dad was a chemical engineer, so I like to think that way occasionally, but I am certainly not an engineer. So we're, we're leveraging 
the incubator for both the strategy side of things, but then also uh, the engineering and technical expertise that they offer. I was wondering, as the president of business advi uh, business advisory firm for entrepreneurs, you already understand the ins and outs, uh, at least on the financial side, of building a successful business from the ground up. Uh, so you had indicated just now that that was it was more about the engineering and the technical expertise. Definitely, um, you know the the interesting thing for me over the last few years after having been out of banking is. You know, business is business. Um, it doesn't matter what the widget is or what the service is that you're providing. It's all about delivering value in a way that's um, profitable for, for the company. Um, and so the business side of it, um, Brandon certainly challenged me and, and we've gone through uh, narrowing or proving and or disproving assumptions to really be specific and targeted in what we're trying to do from the strategy side of things. But um, you know, again, for me, I have a sense or had a sense of where I thought this business could go. Brandon's helped drive that. But then from the engineering side, there were only so many things I could do in the garage, um, though I did try several things in the garage. Um, but having access to a, a professional shop, professional tools, and then again, obviously, the, the engineering expertise has been great. In the process of developing the product, uh, where are you now? Uh, you know, where, what stage are you at, and, and how, where are you in terms of launching? Sure. So I, I would say we're probably about three quarters of the way through, maybe ninety percent of the way through refining a prototype um, that we think is acceptable to take to market. It's, uh, you know, we've talked about this uh, at length. Um, it's one of those scenarios where we don't want to spend too much time over refining and over engineering. Um, basically, want to take something to market that we're only slightly embarrassed of is sort of how we've how we've talked about it, which I think is the right approach. Again, because even um, you know, back to your question, one of, one of the next steps is uh, positioning us for a pilot sales sale program. Um, so thinking about what do we need to deliver in a way that provides 90 or so percent of the percent of the value that we want to deliver, um, but still, again, allows us to go to market quickly and then take the feedback that we get from the market and, and iterate. So that's that's really what we're working on now. Magnet has, has touted the partnerships in Northeast Ohio. Have you steered toward other partners to help you as well? So. So far, most of what we've been doing has been internal, just given the stage that we're at. Um, again, Brandon and the engineers have been really good about focusing on learning as much as we can in the shop here before trying to scale up either the prototype size or uh, how we would address manufacturing at scale. So there are a few things that we've been talking about currently that, that we'll be investigating both with um, potentially with existing Magnet clients that are doing something either in a similar process or with a similar raw material. Um, there are a few other uh, opportunities uh, that we're going to be researching in the next few weeks as well relative to either purchasing or renting equipment uh, for our process. So we're getting very close to that. We just haven't, uh, haven't advanced the R&D far enough yet to speak to that. Also wondering if you are looking into any of the uh, ag schools 
for for the pilot or so so we've not yet um i think as it sits today the approach from a pilot perspective may be to take a few channels look at those channels and see what the response is and, and when i refer to those channels there are um fundraisers that currently go on both with the boy scouts and with marching bands where they are already selling mulch so they essentially have a built-in sales force where we could um, be added to that sales distribution process and really get some good feedback about um, the response from customers relative to a traditional bag of mulch as compared to smart mulch um, we're also talking about um, potentially going direct to customers, so offering an online pilot as well where we would deliver to the home, um, with the focus there being, again, thinking a little bit longer term, we, we feel that there's a, a pretty big potential benefit given all of the online purchasing that's happening. You know, obviously you think about Amazon and everything that they sell currently and, and everything that they're adding to their marketplace daily. Um, we think that there's potential to, uh, to leverage that that momentum toward the online market. Given that the company is seven months old, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, what in this short time has have you experienced in, in going through the entrepreneurial process? Have you, I mean, do you have any advice to others, even given the short amount of time? I, I do. Um, I think the, the way that this product came together was really stepping back and asking the question, what if? And, and that was, what if? Uh, what would mulch look like in a perfect world? And, and I would encourage people who are thinking about products and services to take a step back and think about that and imagine that there are no constraints. So money is not an issue. Um, delivering your value in whatever way is not an issue. Gravity doesn't exist. I mean, just take all of the constraints out of the equation and think about what the value is that you want to deliver and back into what that product or service looks like. What are the reasons that you think uh, Northeast Ohio is a good location for growing businesses like yours? So I, I'm obviously biased. I've been in Northeast Ohio almost all my life. Um, but aside from that, there's, there's just a, a very healthy balance of human capital and intelligence combined with a history of innovation and just straight up grit. I mean, you think about the sports teams here. I'm a, uh, a long, long-time Browns fan in addition to obviously Indians and Cavs. And you think about the, the mindset that Cleveland and its fans have, and it's a Cleveland against the world mentality. And I think as an entrepreneur, to a degree, you obviously need to partner when it's appropriate to partner, but you need to take the approach that it is me or us against the world and we need to deliver. Again, I, I know that this is a relatively new company. However, I'm sure you have some ideas on on what's next after the, the prototype. Sure. So, I mean, again, refining the prototype, um, figuring out what this pilot sales program will look like for us in, in early spring and simultaneous to that thinking about uh, what manufacturing looks like at scale um, that's you know that's that's really where the long term um, that's that's where some focus needs to be now to, to help build for that long term development and success that we we believe we'll have anything else you'd like to add
No, I, this, this has been great. I really appreciate being invited to the show and uh, would love to come back in, in six months and tell you how the pilot program's gone. We'd enjoy that. Thank you, Mike, for coming on the show. Thank you.